Welcome travelers to the Young Black Travelers Podcast. This is Angel Gordon from Toronto, Ontario. I'm happy to be back. Hope you guys are enjoying yourself being quarantined during COVID-19. Um, that being said, today I have a special guest. Um, her name is Patrika. Um, she'll be talking about um, her working in the airline industry. Um, also some stuff she's been working on herself personally. Um, but uh, with no further ado, Patrika, what is going on? Hey, everything's going well. Thanks for that nice introduction. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm quarantine free right now. COVID free, so I think I'm doing pretty good. Thank God, right? There you go. There you go. Um, but how Trust has been me. the experience with you um, kind of being quarantined and being home for a long time? Yeah, no, I think COVID, like, I think just like everyone else, right? COVID has certainly changed a lot. I think we've all had to adapt to very new schedules, mm-hmm. schedules that we didn't really think we'd have. Of course. Um, and yeah, the whole staying home right that was just something that I wasn't expecting at all so it definitely took some adopting and just accepting I guess but um yeah everything's going well but what did you do since you were home for so long did you anything productive did you read did you like watch like Netflix did you binge shows like what did you do yeah you know what I would say honestly I think quarantine was actually a good time for me Um, like, I think at first it was like really weird, mm-hmm. but then once you kind of accept like, okay, we're stuck at home, we're stuck at home. <laughs> right? So yeah. I started finding like more productive things to do. So I definitely did a lot of reading. Mm-hmm. I found like a bunch of Maya Angelou books that I didn't even know I had oh, okay. <laughs> that I was home reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually quarantine kind of helped me. Um, launch my new small business, Coldest Beauty, right? So, okay. It was, yeah, like, I mean, during quarantine, I just thought a lot about it. I watched a lot of YouTube videos of like other people launching small businesses. Right. And so that definitely, I think the time just being at home, right? Being, yeah. being, having the time to like sit down and think about it mm-hmm. really helped out and it, it helped me launch what I'm doing right now. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, well, I mean, what do you do like in in terms of just like your daily routine, um, on your spare time, what do you, what does Patrika do on a daily basis? Yeah. Well now, I mean, I work full time, Mm -hmm. so I, that's like part of like something that changed dramatically. Right. And we'll definitely talk about it. I was working at one point as a flight attendant Mm -hmm. and then COVID said, nope, new plans. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I started working again. I do work full time. Mm-hmm. I work from home with Rogers. Nice. So when I'm not working, I'm really like now I'm focusing on my business. Okay. Um, it's definitely something that takes a lot of my time. I'm just learning new things. This is something so new, <laughs> something that I just kind of came up with and just went for it. Oh, you know, okay. I did a lot of thinking and mm-hmm. thinking about it. I was like, let me just try this out. Why not? Give it a so shot. right exactly so that takes up a lot of my time i'm just trying to learn new things and just educate myself and enjoy the journey right of course of course um, um and then besides that i do tutor ooh, okay. All right. <laughs> i try to keep myself busy yeah. you know <laughs> I do tutor. Um, I tutor. I have a student who I tutor in French. Mm-hmm. So that français. does take. Oui, oui, je parle français. Oh, word. <laughs> <laughs> so I do that too. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, besides that, I would say I'm 
definitely a family oriented person. I love spending time at home with my family and my close friends. Mm -hmm. So when I'm not being busy body Patrika, I'm spending time at home with my family for sure. Did you have anything um, booked for this year? Like any trips at all or or anything? So I booked, but I had many plans like in my head you know what I mean (laughs) so like when I started working um as a flight attendant um we get our we well actually we got our passes in May so what that means is we get like our discounted passes finally we're off of probation Mm -hmm. so I knew that once I got those passes I was like okay I'm going everywhere (laughs) like I was like I want to go to Europe and I want to go here right of course of course so but COVID said you know what chill I mean, since you're talking about that, like, what was your experience working um, for the airline industry? Like, just a brief yeah. instruction for that. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, I would say me working for the airline industry was definitely one of the most random. As I, I knew that I was graduating. I was finishing up school. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, I think a lot of, like, new grads are, like, in that fuzzy space where it's, like, what do I do next? Trust me. Right? Yeah. We've been there. We've been there. Exactly. (laughs) So when I finished up, I was, like, okay, what am I going to do next? Mm -hmm. Am I going to go and do my master's? Do I want to take a break? You know? Mm -hmm. So I remember I was just, like, browsing on the Internet, and I saw, like, a post for, like, look like hiring flight attendants, bilingual flight attendants. And I remember I said to my cousin actually I was like should I do this like you know (laughs) and she was like why not like go for it try it out like whatever so I went through the whole interview process everything was going well it's it was actually like very intense I did like a video interview and then an in-person interview all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. and the end I did get hired which was great but then once you're hired, you have, like, two months of training. Two months of training. Oh yeah. Okay. So that in itself was very intense also because we actually had to do tests and stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you fail, you get kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. So what? I was, like, not expecting such an intense process. Yeah, that's kind of intense. <laughs> yeah, like we actually like I would come home and study. Wow. Right? And my training was from like 4 p.m. to almost midnight. Mm-hmm. And then come home, study, get ready for the next day. Like it was intense. Wow. Um but yeah, so I successfully got through the training. Yeah, I didn't okay. fail. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, and then so um we went to Disney. Mm-hmm. Which was great. That was like our end of training like kind of. world? Yeah, in, in Florida. Florida. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Okay. Yeah, so it was part of, that was like part of our training as well. Kind of like more so our customer service training. Yeah. But we went there for a few days, which was great. Mm-hmm. Great experience. Um, you know, meeting other flight attendants course, and yeah. just being in Disney in general, right? That's a pretty good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, after that whole process, I finally started working on the 1st of January, actually. Mm-hmm. That, again, it was just a whole new world. <laughs> yeah, the first few months was on-call flying, mm-hmm. where literally you get like a schedule where it shows you the days that you're on call. Okay. And you can't make any plans that day. <laughs> Like, actually, (laughs) 
because you don't know at what time they're going to call you like, hey, we need you for this flight. Exactly. Right. So I remember the most like the craziest experience that I had was I was sleeping. I remember I went to bed kind of late this night, too. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) I went to bed kind of late and I had like a specific alarm for if um, we call it crew scheduling. If they call these people called me at 4 a.m. Oh, my gosh. I, like, woke up. I'm like, oh, sorry to be waking you up at this time, but you have a flight at 6 a.m. What? I'm like. <laughs> at Pearson yeah. Airport? Or- yeah. No, Pearson. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, like, I always have to have my suitcase packed and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, like, quickly, like, got myself together, rushed out. Like, you got to be ready. got to be there. Yeah. 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 But. Once you kind of, like, reserve, I would say, is, like, the hardest part, like, having those on-call flights. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, it makes it interesting. Because you never know where you're going, right? right? That's true, so. Yeah, so so when I was flying, I did a few interesting flights. Mm -hmm. Um, That 4 a.m. one was a flight to Costa Rica. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that was a pretty long one. I did a flight to Trinidad, which was a pretty long one as well. We left at, like, midnight. Okay. It's about five hours. I did a few flights. Actually, I did many flights to Florida because in the winter, you just have a lot of people, obviously, going to Florida, right? Yep. Yeah, and then because I spoke French, like, a lot of um, flight attendants who are bilingual, Mm -hmm. you'll be asked to do, like, the Montreal flights and stuff, right? Which makes sense. Is that, Um, like, you need to speak French to be a flight attendant? Is that... No, no, it's no. It it definitely helps, but um, you don't need to, no. And it actually... Um, it helps when you like know another language, right? Because like you have people flying everywhere. Right, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. But um, it does help if you're bilingual for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, where else have I gone? I did a flight to Trinidad. I did a few to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> but interestingly enough, the only layover I had was in Florida. In Florida. So it was such a tease, right? Like, flying to, like, these nice places, but not being able to stay over. So you, like, you go to Costa Rica, like, midnight, and then you're going back to Toronto? Like, how does that Wow. Yeah, so the midnight one actually was Trinidad. Okay. So this one was interesting because on the way there... Like, okay, let's say we have, like, one crew who did the flight going to Trinidad. Mm -hmm. So I was the crew who was resting on the way to Trinidad. Mm -hmm. But then on the way back, I work. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But that was just because it was a midnight flight. Mm -hmm. But when I had that daytime one at 6 a.m., I flew to Costa Rica, and then I came back. Wow. So that's, like, a 10-hour day. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, good question. Good question. I would, I'll be honest, like in the beginning, it was really tiring. Of course. Because this is so different, right? Like, I'm not used to working these 10 hour days, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it definitely helps when you're like flying with a good crew and, you know, you're flying with people you get along with um, and who you can talk to like during like those dead times when you're not like serving food and stuff. Right. But after a while, like when you get used to it and you get used to the service flow and everything, it gets no, better. Right. Has yeah. Have been like any like angry like passengers that just. Oh, of course. Uh, that, Always. Yeah. 
You know what I noticed? Like, I felt like while I was doing that job, like, people are so entitled, uh, you know? Like, and mm. on a plane, for some reason, it just, like, is worse. A lot worse. A lot worse. Yeah, like, well, like, for example, we'll have, like, a set amount of food, right? Like, a set amount of mac and cheese, a set amount of pizza, whatever. <laughs> First of all, I know that people actually ate plain food, because I never garbage. do. Garbage. <laughs> do not eat plain food. It's trash. Right? like this honestly speaking but for some reason like people actually like enjoy it okay so i'll like get to the person at like 13a and they're like hey can i have a cheese pizza and i'm like sorry no more like what do you mean (laughs) there's not a kitchen in the back for me to cook it for you (laughs) so it's like would be like random situations like that where people are just like upset for no reason but i mean overall like i think in general i'm a very easygoing person like it's not that I would like break down and like get upset, but you definitely hard. do. Yeah, yeah, but you definitely do deal with like a lot of entitled passengers. Right, right. That's- Even like my experience in like first class, right, business class. That's where it gets like super. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Entitled people always want to be annoying. Exactly. Go, but overall, it was for the time that I was able to do it. It was a great experience, and we'll see. With COVID, right? We really don't know when yeah. we'll be called back. That's true. But we'll see. Okay. Yeah, it was fun. So out of all those places you've been, I don't know if mm-hmm. you do, so what was your favorite place you've been to? Or overall, when flying? Not just like your uh, when you're working. As a yeah. Um, yeah. So when I was flying, I think one place that I really wanted to visit after just doing that one flight was Costa Rica. (laughs) Seems like a very nice place to um, visit. Mm -hmm. In terms of personal travel, my favorite place... Well, Jamaica's definitely... Yes, Jamaica. (laughs) Nothing can be Jamaica, of course. Not at all. Like, I mean, I'm Jamaican. I love going to Jamaica. Like, I just love... You just have that feeling that you're home. You're home, yeah. Right? Exactly. That's true. So I love, love, love going back home to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, one of my favorite trips was to Cuba. Oh, the neighbor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I traveled to Cuba with my friends. Um, this was last year. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because I feel like people, like, have a negative idea of Cuba. I think like people always have bad experiences with the food. Yeah. Yeah, Right. (laughs) But, um, when we went, I definitely like did a lot of research in terms of like, okay, what can I actually eat? (laughs) But honestly, it wasn't that bad. I think you kind of just have to find that thing that like you like, and you're going to have for like the week. Right. Right. Um, but one thing that I will say is that we, went ahead and like ate off of the resort Mm -hmm. and the food was really good wow so i wouldn't like say to anyone like don't go to cuba i actually really enjoyed it yeah and we like left the resort and we went to like parties and stuff and just the culture and the people yeah yeah why not you don't you're not scared to get kidnapped or something no (laughs) (laughs) you know what um when I tell you when I'm traveling somewhere, I do a lot of research. Okay. Like, I'm one of those people who will, like, make the whole itinerary. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, you're one of those guys. Okay. I'm one of those. Okay. So, when we did the Cuba trip, I did a lot of research in terms of, like, which clubs were, like, 
tourist friendly you know like those places where like a lot of tourists will be though and like there's like um higher police presence and stuff because one thing with cuba is like because tourism is like you know their main income really right um they try their best to keep the tourists safe so i would like do a lot of research in terms of where there'll be like a high security presence or Mm -hmm. high police presence Mm -hmm. um and one thing that I learned in my research is that Cuba is actually one of the safest Caribbean countries to travel to. I didn't know that. No, yeah. Wow. So we honestly were not scared. Like we were in the taxis living our best life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So which <laughs> but it was. Were you in Havana? Like where did you go? So we went to Veradero. Oh, Veradero. Okay. But we did do a day trip to Havana, which was really nice. Okay. It's really nice. Yeah. The culture is just really beautiful. The people are really nice. I enjoyed my time there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've always wanted to go to Cuba for sure. Um, definitely people say the food is, you know, trash. But I mean, I yeah. think it's more than just food in Cuba. You know exactly, I mean? <laughs> exactly. And that's that's like what I took away from that trip. Like besides the food, the people were just so nice. You know, like mm-hmm. when we went out to parties and stuff, everyone's just having a great time. Like it was, it was a really nice time. Right. The funny thing about that is, like, Cuba and Jamaica is maybe, like, what? Maybe, like, an hour and a half apart. Yeah, right? Exactly. totally different culture. You know what I mean? Yeah, right? Absolutely different. Right. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, we'll take a quick break. Um, We'll be back. She'll be talking more about her business and um, her time with the airline. Stay tuned. guys from the break um we are still here um, with patrika um once again thank you for being on here with us um but to continue where we left off um you work with the airline how was that experience you being a uh, invisible minority yeah that's a really good question actually um i definitely would say it was something that i thought about prior to applying um And I think that's just natural, right? Like sometimes as a visible minority, unfortunately, like it's just what you think about when applying for certain jobs. Right. So it's definitely something that I had in mind. However, one thing that I will say is the airline that I did work for, um, the people that I worked with, it was such a diverse group of individuals, you know, like each flight, I felt like I was meeting someone from, you know, just different walks of life, right? People who were born here, people who weren't born here. I think each flight was just, that's what made it interesting, actually, because you knew you were going to meet someone new and someone from a totally different background. And so, like, each flight you were just learning just different things about people and different cultures and different languages. So that's definitely something that I would say I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of my personal, like, experience, um, I would definitely say, like, as a Black female, um, one of the main things, actually, that a lot of us, a lot of Black females who I did work with there could relate to was that certain things, especially in terms of how you wore your hair, Mm. was definitely, yeah, like, I would say that was something that, you know, was unfortunately an issue sometimes. Really? Yeah. So 
I think so. <laughs> I think, no, you know what? Normally when we think of a flight attendant, right? I think you kind of have an image in your head. Yep, I do. <laughs> flight attendants, right? Like you're, you're normally like, you think of like, they're very neat, very put together, all that kind of stuff, right? You're, their hair is pinned back. Of course. Et cetera. Right. So when I started working there, we had like a specific dress code. Mm-hmm. As to like, you know, how your uniform should look, but also like how your nails should look, how your makeup should look, right? And how your hair should look. Mm -hmm. And so I remember in training, um, we had to wear our hair in like a specific hairstyle, like either like a slicked back ponytail or bun. Mm -hmm. And not like it's hard sometimes like as a black female, right? Like we have very different textured hair. Of course. So... I think just like achieving this look for some of us was like kind of hard. Yeah. And so I remember in one of my training classes, there was a girl who, when she started the training, her hair was one way. Mm-hmm. And they like came to her and they were like, um, you know what? Like that hairstyle's not going to work. Um, we're going to need you to like. Happens. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, okay. actually. Live. Right. And so they're like, we're going to need you to switch it up and follow like the. Yeah, exactly. So then she went back and she came back the next day and she kind of switched it up, but it wasn't exactly what they wanted. wanted. And as again, as previously mentioned, as black females, we have different textured hair. We can't always achieve that slick back look. You know what I mean? So that made it a bit more challenging for her. And I just remember they were always nitpicking like, hey, like we can see that you tried, but like it needs to be like this, right? And so that was definitely something that unfortunately was like just a bad experience for me to even watch, you know? Like I, I got my hair done how they wanted, yeah, but that's not achievable for everyone. Of course. Everyone has, you know, as I said, different textured hair, different lengths, etc so i really felt bad um and then just going forward right like uh, black females we like to change our hair hey man i see right like (laughs) you know you might see me in braids one day and the next day like i have like i don't know long blonde hair (laughs) so i feel like it just kind of didn't allow you know, black females to kind of just be diverse, diverse you know, like, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely um, something that was an issue there that I noticed. I feel like we're in a time where people should just be able to wear their hair how they want, right? Like, as long as it's It's, like, I agree with the whole idea of neat. Yeah. But when you're asking someone like, you know, you need to achieve this look and my hair physically can't achieve that look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you what expect? Kind of right. Do? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that was definitely um, something that I remember just being an eye opener. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it was definitely an eye opener. Um, something else that was interesting. Actually, I remember. And I don't know if I like I kind of felt like it pointed out to me being a visible minority. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a flight, I was going, it was Florida to Montreal. Okay. That's and what, I think... hour flight, maybe? Um, yeah, about, about, if not less, like about maybe four. Okay. So that flight, because it was going to Montreal, it was a flight full of Quebecers, right? Like, Ooh, And it was like mainly... 
Yeah. <laughs> right. And it was mainly um, it was mainly white people. I would say like most of them were older. Mm-hmm. And so that specific flight um, was mostly I believe it was just me as a black female. I think there was like an Asian girl mm-hmm. and probably like two other white flight attendants. Right. So it was so funny because on that flight I was working and I was serving um, drinks and stuff. So naturally, English is my first language. Of course. So um, when I'm like offering something, like I would speak English first. And so I remember one passenger, he wanted to order something, but completely like did not order with me reaches out to the um, white female who I'm working with, speaks to her in French. Oh. Right? But she doesn't speak French. But you do. So now she's reaching out to me. Right? So I'm looking at him like, you asked me. I, 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 I speak you, you know what I mean? But I felt like that was like an example of like, you know what, like already assuming that like, you know what, nah, she doesn't speak French. Nah, she's not educated. Right. And so he was like so shocked after like when I replied in French, he was like, oh, tu parles français? Like, oh, you speak French? And I was like, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think like, um, it definitely, you know, when you're in a job like that, where you're working with passengers from all over right Mm -hmm. you can't expect everyone to be as accepting and stuff so it's definitely something that like right that you hold with you Mm -hmm. but um overall it was you know you just gotta roll with the punches I guess and as I said I don't I don't allow things like that to get to me Mm -hmm. but again it's definitely an eye-opener I think as a visible minority especially in the airline industry or any industry any where like industry you're dealing with yeah, yeah, yeah with people right? right we people just have these assumptions and which is unfortunate but you just gotta go with it like every I, I totally understand what you're saying because even I work in the customer service industry as well and um, mm-hmm. there be customers that see me and I'm not that tall I'm like maybe six one six two and they would mm-hmm. think like oh this guy just plays basketball or whatever whatever. And there's been yeah, who, right. Just these weird assumptions. It's just like, you know, I, yeah, I play ball, but like I, I do more than play basketball. Exactly. Like I, I finish school too. You know what I mean? Like there's some dreams I want right. to as well. Um, so people do have their little like, you know, pre assumptions on people, um, and that's everywhere you go. That's either on the airline, exactly. Going to the mall shopping. That's just how people are, right? Very yep. judgmental people. So that definitely does happen a lot. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely sure. right um absolutely. But what's your your with all this stuff going on with the whole blm movement and all that um what's your take on that going on i think it's it's amazing <laughs> like <laughs> what else can we say you know what i mean right. one thing that you know like it's just very interesting actually like mm-hmm. it's not something that's new it's been going on. Right? It's been going on. It's interesting that people all of a sudden think it's a new movement because it's not. Right. Right? Like, it's something that has been so ongoing, but it took for these, you know, the George Floyd and the Breonna Taylor and Amar Arbery for people to really, like, yeah, take in what's going on. Mm-hmm. So... This year, I think with COVID and then this whole movement, people 
had to stop and really watch what's happening, right? I think before, because we were, you know, we, we weren't on lockdown, we were like all busy with our lives. We weren't really tapping into what's really going on. Right. But now we had these last few incidents right in our faces yeah, right. our where people screen. were forced yep. to see what's happening. Right. So I think this year, honestly, I've never been more proud. I was so proud and happy to see the protests going on. Yeah, I was yeah. so happy to see what's going on on social media because it's time for people to really tap into what's happening. Like, this is real, That's right? Real this thing. is our reality. That is true. That is true. You know? Yeah. So I, yeah, it was definitely something, um, my family and I, we were here glued to the TV, glued to CNN, like, yeah, like, right. (laughs) So I was really proud. I was really proud to see people using their voices and really speaking up because enough is enough, right? Like this is just, yeah. 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 Had to take a stand. And I think even us as black people have allowed this behavior for too long. I think it was time for Mm -hmm. us to definitely take a stand. And when yep, I, see, I agree. Like, major league, like such as basketball and baseball, and even the hockey uh, associations taking a stand. What's going on? Exactly. That was great to see that each and every organization was able to say, you know what, this is going on. We will definitely um, take a stand for this. So I was happy to see yep. that for sure. Right? Absolutely. Right, and I know. Congrats to the my American buddies who are in America for Joe Biden winning. Um, Yes. You guys dodge a bullet on that one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, let, let me know if Nevada's still counting their ballots still, but um what's what's your take on, on, on that? Like with you think you think Joe Biden will actually make a difference or what do you what do you think? I think he will. You think he will? I yeah. I think he will. You know, honestly speaking, I'm not like Very the political. biggest like political yeah, yeah <laughs> right? But I honestly think he will. I think he's really just taking a look at what's really happening, right? right I think yeah. he's really taking the time to actually think and assess mm-hmm. um, what's going on. I think he made an amazing move um, choosing Kamala Harris okay, as vice course. president, he's right? Jamaican as well, actually. His, her dad yep, yep. Okay. Don't forget yep, that. Jamaican and Indian, yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I think he did an amazing job um, selecting her as well to work and just you know really make a change right i think honestly donald trump really set them back set america back honestly speaking you know what i mean we're looking at at such a divided country right now Mm -hmm. and i feel like he's just erased so much of like the progress Mm -hmm. that the united states was making honestly like looking from the outside right it's chaos. <laughs> it is chaos. Correct, for sure. And even like, right? we're not even Americans, but like we were glued on CNN to see what was, yeah. going, on, what was going on. You know what I mean? People looting, burning down the country. <laughs> like it, it is chaos. Crazy, crazy. So I, I really think um, Biden and Harris are going to do a really great job. And right. I think they're going to make the change that needs to happen. And I, and I hope they do. I hope they do. Um, I really do hope so. Right. I and really do hope so. People like the whole president thing in the in America is it's so it impacts the world so much. Um, right. Yeah. Like, this guy's like even our president, but we're so like stuck onto this, you know? Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> because yeah, realistically, like America is such a powerful country yeah. realistically. Right. So that the, you know, these changes, like a new president, it really does affect everyone else. It does. It does. Yeah. So 
everyone was glued onto this selection and I'm, I'm so happy with the results because oh my goodness <laughs> there it is congrats guys yeah. um, we'll take one more last break we'll end it off um, she's going to talk about some of the stuff she's working on personally and take it from there stay tuned Welcome, everybody. Um, welcome back from break. Um, we are still here with Patrika. Um, before we continue, thank you, my boy, uh, Jordan Area One on Instagram for following the podcast. We are grateful for you following, and please um, share it with your friends. Um, but thank you so much for doing that. Um, but to kind of just end this whole session off, Patrika, what have you been working on personally? Yeah, so one of the things that I worked on during quarantine, during the whole lockdown, was my self-care brand, Coldest Beauty. Okay, nice. Um, so, again, during the lockdown, I was just doing a lot of research, just trying to keep busy. Um, and I started watching a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of just successful young entrepreneurs starting off small businesses, right? And I was just like, this is something that, like, I want to do and so during the whole lockdown like I think everyone kind of found like different talents or like different hobbies that they didn't really know that was there right (laughs) (laughs) and so one of the things that like I got really into was just like self-care like I was like ordering like face mask and like Um, I think a lot of like females can agree like when our hair wasn't done I had my hair just in a bonnet like I was really just focused on self-care you know just everything self-care and so with all that I was like you know what I'm sure there's a lot of people who can relate to just needing that time for yourself and I was like how can I transform this into my own business And so I just started researching. I was reaching out to different vendors and stuff. And finally, I said, you know what? Let me try this out. Mm -hmm. So currently, um, in terms of Coldest Beauty, a lot of the products that I do have revolve around self-care. So currently, I'm selling robes, Mm -hmm. bonnets, rose quartz rollers. I don't know if you know what that is. I I um, have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But it's um it's part of my skincare routine actually. Okay. Um I think um after using like a serum and my like cleansers and stuff, it's mm-hmm. like this really interesting like roller where you like <laughs> roll all it in there and oh. just it's like a face massage, honestly. Okay. So yeah, just a lot of different products just revolving around self-care and it's just been something that each step is like something new to learn, you know, like I'm learning about shipping and packaging and just, you know, networking. Like I've been meeting people and interacting with people, right. All over Canada and elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's been great. Honestly, um, it's been such a learning experience. It's something that I didn't think I'd ever do. Mm -hmm. I think when you're like, stuck in university for four years oh, you're just my, focused on like that Jesus <laughs> right and then when you're finally free you're like okay like what do I want to do exactly. like what are some like different things that I want to branch out and do and this was this was one of them so it's been great honestly follow me everyone yes. coldest what's, beauty what's co the what's the instagram yeah so it's coldest beauty 
Co. C-O. Okay, guys. You hear that? Yeah. All right, so check your page So you out guys go me. ahead. Take a look. We have our website up and running. There but, yeah, it's been great. There we go. I guess my yeah. last question before you go is, I guess when all this is said and done and it's over with COVID, where is the first place you're going to? Where is the first place I'm going? I always told myself that I want to really go to Europe. Europe. Oh. And, mm-hmm. yeah. And specifically, I want to go to France and Greece. Those are like Greece is up there for me. Beautiful. It looks beautiful. <laughs> You've been right. I've been there. Oh my god! Oh my god! The, the water is as blue as day. Like it's yeah, like a dream for sure. Yeah, yeah. It looks like Google makes it look like a dream. So I can only imagine what it looks like in person. <laughs> And just like, um, I know I mentioned I speak French, like ever since I was little and I was in kindergarten, like mm-hmm. learning French, I think France is just like, so what made you speak in French your mind, like, what made you like, actually, like, I know, because in Canada, this French is a second language, right? But not everybody tends to learn the language. But like, yeah, why did you um, do <laughs> um, well, actually, in so I started learning French in senior kindergarten. Senior um, my mom, wow. yeah, my mom kind of just like put me in it. <laughs> But um, I did really well. Like, I, I, I enjoyed it. I picked up on it quickly. Mm-hmm. So I just stuck with it. My, ele- my elementary school was French immersion. So was my middle school. Mm-hmm. My high school wasn't, but I still took, like, AP French and all that. I kind of just kept up with it. Mm-hmm. And I minored in French studies in university. <laughs> that. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I, I stuck with it. Um, I think it j- honestly... They always say, like, when you're young, it's easier to pick up on a language. So definitely, like, being enrolled in it when I was young helped. Well, even and then forced I, by your mom, still going. Yeah, right? She said, you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so it definitely helped. And that's why, like, I really want to go to France. Like, it's always just been in my mind since I was a kid. I guess it just made sense to me that I have to go there. Well, I don't so. speak French, but I'm pretty sure, like... The, like French in France is a lot different from your French, no? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like I mean, France and French is like so different from Quebec French. It's so different yeah. from Caribbean French. Like it's that. just like one of those language things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say France French is much more. I don't know, like eloquent and fancy, whereas like Quebec, yeah, Quebec's very choppy. Nasty, yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so like even being a student, like even in university, Mm -hmm. a lot of my profs were like from, some were from Africa, some were from France, like, you know, so you got like a different feel of the different dialects and stuff. But um, yeah, no, overall, I think what I've been taught has been more so on the France side. Okay. Because honestly, when I did flights to Quebec, sometimes I don't understand what those people are saying. <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> so, yeah, but nah, it definitely is different. They're mean. When, when I was over there like, a month ago, I was in, like, Quebec City. And um, so, listen, my French is not the best, you know, but I can hold mm-hmm. my own. You feel me? So, right. I'm, I'm there. Um, I think it's at McDonald's, and I'm ordering... And this lady is just like, I'm, I'm talking to her in English. And I knew she spoke English, 
But she mm. purposely said, yo, I am not going to speak English to you. I'm yeah, to you. they're like, very, like, patriotic. In Quebec City, they are awful. Awful. Yeah. Completely yeah. awful. You know what I mean? I've, I've been to Quebec City. Yeah. And I've also been to Montreal. And I can definitely There's say that, yeah, difference. it's just yeah. this. Yeah. 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 For People sure. People want to travel to Montreal, everybody who's listening to the podcast, Montreal is more of, like, the city. Um, mm-hmm. And they speak a lot of English there. So that's nothing to worry about. Where yeah, exactly. Quebec you can get around. City, gonna, oh my gosh! They're gonna look language. you up and down, and be like, "Listen, you better speak French, or we're not talking to you." Hey, that's it. Hey, that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Patricia, thank you so much for coming. Well, not coming virtually, um, talking to yeah. us <laughs> remotely. It's been great. Um, I, yeah, really enjoyed that. it, guys. Please do um, look at her stuff on Instagram and her website. Um, she's doing some great stuff. Um, that being said, guys, stay indoors. Stop having parties and wear your Seriously, stay mask. safe, guys. Wear your mask. <laughs> wear the mask. Um, Ains, I'm out from Toronto, Ontario. Peace.